Chorsey Eisen for like that. <laughs> And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham County, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. It's a Celtic Ross Hotel West Cork Sports Star Awards special this week on the show. Coming up in a few moments we'll hear from the Balanine Bullet Phil Healy who on Sunday evening became only the fourth athlete in the history of the awards to claim the title of West Cork Sports Star of the Year for a second time. We'll also chat to Christine O'Neill of Corsi Rovers, the county senior camogie champions, were named the winner of the 2020 Special Achievement Award at the annual ceremony, which was streamed live on Sunday evening. Later in the week, we'll have a separate podcast with the West Cork ladies footballers who were crowned team of the year and speaking to captain Anya Terry O'Sullivan, Siobhan Courtney and Martina O'Brien so keep an eye out for that one now Kieran, before we hear from Phil and chat about the awards there was some breaking news today that you're going to bring to us now and it concerns the Irish lightweight double yeah Jack um, we've known for some time that there was four skippering roars in the hunt for the two seats in the Olympic bound Irish men's lightweight double Obviously, we all know about Gary and Paul O'Donovan, who won a silver medal back in the 2016 Olympics in that boat. And there's also the twins, Jake and Fintan McCarthy. The trialing process has been going on for some time now. And just last weekend, the rowers discovered who's going to be in the boat going forward to the upcoming European Championships and World Cup 2, which is in Lucerne in May. And it's Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. So Gary O'Donovan has missed out, So, um, which is probably the big news out of this. But... In 2019, it was Fintan McCarthy and Paula Donovan who won gold at the Senior World Rowing Championships and who also qualified the board for the Irish Men's Lightweight Double. So Fintan was in possession of that seat, for want of a better word, alongside Paul because Gary had suffered injury problems in early 2019. But like I said, there was a very intense trialling process and the last week was, was, was very close as well. But it's Fintan and... Paul, who've got the nod to go forward to the Europeans and to the, the World Cup 2 in, in Lucerne in May. But then there's a, there's still the possibility that that crew could be changed before the Olympics. Because in June, um, I, from, what I, from what I'm hearing, is that the, the final crew will be announced. But to be quite honest, it would take something to go horribly wrong in the next couple of months for anyone to get back into that boat now. It's not to say that it won't happen because it could. Who knows? Somebody could get injured. But at the moment, it's Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy going forward in the Irish men's lightweight double. And that's a very, very strong combination. When they got together at the Senior Worlds two years ago, they won gold there. And that was only their second ever regatta together. So the signs are very promising when Fintan hopped into the boat with Paul. So it augurs well for the medal prospects of that boat in the year ahead. So as of now, we know it's Fintan McCarthy who's partnering Paul O'Donovan in the Irish men's lightweight double. And further proof, Kieran, as if it was needed of the depth of talent that we have. Specifically in Skibbereen, it has to be said, for rowing, when you think that the main contenders in the whole island of Ireland all came from the same parish. I know we've spoken about this ad nauseum down through the years on this podcast, but it's worth pointing out again because I even seen Kieran, uh, Kieran Cunningham from the Irish Daily Star who, who who commented on your tweet when you posted this no news on Twitter earlier about just that exact thing, that depth of talent that there is in Skibbereen. Usually for something like this, there'd be people competing from all over the country, but again, it's just people from Skibbereen which is uh, it's really crazy it is it's incredible I was talking to Gary last year and he made a point he said it's almost harder to get into the Irishman's lightweight double than it is to kind of compete against other crews at the world championships and what he meant by that is that you have three world champions you've Paul Finton and Gary who are vying for two seats in that boat you also have Jake McCarthy who is a top class elite international rower as well so that's four world class rowers competing for two seats in the one boat and 
if only we could send two um, two doubles to the Olympics, four Skibreen Roars would be going then. And it's worth pointing out too that the Irish lightweight men's and women's crews are coached by Dominic Casey, who's another Skibbereen rowing club man. And it's worth pointing out too, Jack, that it's not just the Skibbereen men who are making um, rowing headlines, but the Skibbereen women as well, because you've Eva Casey and Lydia Heafy who are battling for seats in the Irish women's lightweight double that's going forward to the qualifying regatta um, this year. And you also have Emily Hegarty, who's in the Irish um, women's heavyweight group as well. So you've a lot of very, very talented Skibbereen rowers there who are we're setting their sights on the Olympics later this year. Well, let's leave the rowing there for now. And of course, Kieran will have full reaction and analysis to that news in Thursday's Southern Star, which will, of course, be available online and in shops across the region. But Kieran, we're going to switch our focus now to the Celtic Ross West Cork Sports Star Awards, Awards even, which took place on Sunday evening. They were live streamed from a variety of different locations. You were part of the hosting team a very successful event a very enjoyable event i'm sure anyone who watched it will agree so maybe tell us a bit about the awards how it went and then tell us about the interview we're going to hear now with the west cork sports star of the year which is of course the Ballinine bullet phil healy it was a very historic award jack for the one reason it was a live virtual ceremony for the first time and that's because of obviously with the pandemic and so on that we could meet up like we, we like we usually do so we took the awards online but before that we made the decision back in 2020 to continue with the with the monthly awards with the Celtic West Cork Sports Star because we just feel so strongly that the, the success and the exploits of the of our local West Cork sports people deserve to be championed and lauded and celebrated. So throughout 2020, which was a strange year for everyone, we had 13 monthly award winners and it was a terrific year for West Cork sport. And it all culminated with last Sunday night's um, West Cork sports star live award ceremony. And it was all live. So when anything is live like that, there's always a greater chance of something going wrong. But thanks be to God, everything ran off swimmingly with a with a great night. So we went live to the various award winners. We went live to Nicola Tuttle, who's a West Cork junior sports star of the year and a tremendous rising athletic star, who was also the women's senior hammer champion. We went live to Anya Terry out in, out in Alahees, um, who was captain of the West Cork team that won the Team of the Year award. Karen Cohan was captain of the Coosey Rovers team that won the Special Achievement Award. We were talking to her live as well. Um, Billy Good accepted the, or entered the West Cork Sports Star Hall of Fame Award. And Brendan Crowley gave us a lovely message about Billy Good. So the awards were not brilliant. But the, the highlight was that we were announcing the overall winner live on the night, which was quite tricky because the winner could not know who it was until right that moment when our special guest, Breed Stack, read out their name. So what we had to do in the background, we had to enlist the help of some secret agents to help us carry out our our um, our task. And our secret agent here was none other than Phil Healy's mother, Phil, who played an absolute blinder here because she kept her daughter, Phil, in the dark for so, so long. Um, so... Phil Healy's mother knew what was happening. She knew the moment when she had to kind of click in and join the awards. And it was all such a surprise. And you could see the shock on Phil Healy's face because she wasn't expecting to win this award for a second time. Um, like you said too, Jack, she joins a very exclusive club now as a two-time winner of the West Cork Sports Star Awards. But she's a very, very deserving winner too. And just to mention these here, awards sorry. are based on the exploits. Of- just to quickly mention as well, for any of you listening to this that didn't get a chance to watch the awards, we'll have a full repeat of the awards up on our website either this evening well we don't know when this podcast will be out but it's probably on the website as we speak so if you happen to miss the awards just go over to southernstar.ie forward slash sport and it'll be there to view in full living colour so sorry for putting in there Kieran. That was a good point Jack but like I was saying is the awards are based on the exploits in 2020 and last year Phil Healy had another tremendous year she won three national senior titles she set a new national record a new national indoor 200 meter record as well. So it was an incredible year for Phil Healy and another important stepping stone on her development. And we've seen her kick on again this year. But before we listen to um, the, the chat I had earlier with Phil, it's worth just thanking a couple of people. And that's the Celtic Ross Hotel who played an absolute blinder um, hosting these awards as they always do. Helen Witcherly and Neil Grant, they left no stone unturned to make sure that these sports awards remain the biggest and the best around. 
Also, Paddy Palmer and JP McNamara of C103 bring their, their own unique touch to these awards in terms of promotion, what they add to the night, their expertise, their knowledge. And again, JP and Paddy played absolute blinders. And it's worth noting here, Jack, the, the role of Con Downing, our former editor of the Southern Star, who was a, a founding member of these awards, which are now running 23 years. And it was it was great to see Con involved in, in um, Sunday night's awards as well. He was um he's he looks years younger since he left the Southern Star. The man is looking fresh and full of life, but it was great to have Con Downing there as well. So so many people in the background have worked so hard over the last number of weeks to make sure that these awards ran off so smoothly, which they did. It was a great night. Like you said, people can hop on the website now and watch the awards. And a quick quick mention too for Breed Stack, who was our special guest, and she joined us all the way from Sydney. And she's easily one of the, the best um, guest speakers that we've had in these awards. It's worth checking out the, the recording of the awards just for Breed's Breed speech alone. She was faultless and we're just delighted that Breed Stack came on board to help us out as well. And it was Breed Stack who announced Phil Healy as the winner. We're going to hear from Phil Healy in a second. And just to let people know that this is a different sort of interview with Phil Healy because we've had her on the podcast a couple of times in the last few weeks. So just to shake it up a small bit, we asked you, the listeners and our star readers, to tell, to tell us the questions that you want us to ask Phil. And that's exactly what we did. We're joined now on the Star Sport podcast by the newly crowned Celtic Ross Hotel West Cork Sports Star of the Year, Phil Healy. Phil, congratulations on winning the award last night. Uh, thanks a million. Like, it was such a surprise for me because, like, I had won it before. So, like, I certainly didn't think I was going to win it again. And even just looking through the star um, when I came home this weekend, because it was my first time home since Christmas, um, I was, like, looking who could it possibly be. And I was, uh, I thought it was going to be Lady or even Orla, um, or then who knows with between the golf and the rugby as well. So I certainly did not think it was going to be me. So um, I was thrilled to to be selected again. But like as I always say, like West Cork, the talent in West Cork is unbelievable. Like and it's just so great to see the amount of talent on that list. And like there are so many more people that could have been added into that list as well across so many different sports. So um, it is a credit to all within their sports. And then, of course, you giving us all the covers that uh, we can get um, both in West Cork, but it goes nationwide and international as well. Oh, you're a very deserving winner, um, Phil. Kind of the 2020 you had was spectacular with those three national senior titles and setting a 200 metre PB earlier in 2020 as well. And as this was a this podcast, we'll know that we've spoken quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. So this week, instead of me chatting to you, we've turned it over to our, our listeners and readers to pick the questions that I'm going to ask to Phil Healy. So I'm just going to go straight into it. And actually, the first question is from me. I decided to put myself <laughs> t- top of the list. So we saw by the shock on your face on Sunday night, Phil, that you were surprised to win the, the West Cork Sports Star of the Year Award. So how surprised were you when Breed Stack called out your name? Oh, like I wasn't ready for it. I was in my training gear um, from earlier during the day. Like my hair was absolutely glued to my head. Like I certainly did not expect it because even the um, the text that came through with the link earlier, it was like, you, don't, you won't be seen or you won't be heard while watching the stream. So I was like, that's absolutely perfect. Now I can just sit back and I can uh, um, enjoy it. And then mom came from a, another room to, to what I was in with the with the Zoom and plunked the, uh, the computer in front of me. So I certainly wasn't, uh, expecting to be called out as the winner um, but like no I'm absolutely thrilled to be selected for a second time because I know you were saying that there is very few that have been selected twice so um, it's an absolute honour to to be picked in that massive pool of talent um, and get the award for 2020. Yeah you're now part of a very selected VIP club. Um, the next question comes from Eilish and she wants to know what part of the world would you like to visit as a tourist and not be there as an athlete? So when I went to, uh, definitely I'd say Asia, I went um, in 2017, it was really cool. So that's certainly something that I would, uh, all over that area, the Philippines, even um, Bali, all all of that, um, that area is certainly one that is on my book list um, when we can, um, hopefully maybe post Tokyo, you'd never know. The next question is almost a joint question because Jeremy McCarthy asked it and then your coach Shane jumped in on it. So the question was, can you ask Phil what nasty words in her head she uses when staring down her opponents before a race? And then Shane jumped in and said, does she stare them down is the question. 
Yeah, and I'd say if Shane is, uh, is right on that one because, like, I'm probably, like, focused on what I'm doing and, like, even in columns and whatever, there is an awful lot of, like, mind games that go on because you're in there with, say, like, six or eight athletes and one is staring the other down, but you can get caught up on that. Um, But for me, I'm in my own world and, like, focusing on what I'm trying to do because you will have people in there that want to intimidate another person and um, try to get one over and get that um, edge mentally. And some people will be weaker um, than others. But for me, I'm 100% focused on what I'm doing um, and the what way I have to execute my race. So, no, there's no words. There's no words going down in my head. The next question comes in from Jack and he says, please ask Phil if she has picked up any Wexfordisms from training with Shane McCormack. I actually saw this one earlier and um, I was asking the lads, do I have any of their slang? But one thing that they always say is some instead of very. So like they'd be like, oh, that's some good. So that's definitely one that uh, I have picked up or they say queer again instead of very so that like that's queer good like that's a that's queer exciting or something like that but uh yeah they're two definitely um ones but no there's no taking cork out of me so um they haven't rubbed off on me that much yet oh good stuff um the next question so is from Maureen Ma and she says can you ask Phil who were her sports heroes growing up and has she ever met any of them yeah, so I think like looking in Ireland, like definitely everyone looks up to like the Dervas, the Robs, David Gillick, uh, Sonia, of course. Um, but I always say Eilish Maxweeney was a standout one for me. Um, growing up, she held the Irish record um, before me and she was always one that would help me out. If I had any questions and I remember going on to a relay team, it was my first senior debut in, um, for an Irish fest and it was for a team champs and they were actually held in Dublin. So I was pulled in because I was doing my leaving search. So I was a last um, uh, minute selection um, coming in and she just took me under her wing that day and like ever from that point on, um, she was always there to, to help me because like sport is up and down all the way. She has got uh, made the mistakes and uh, she was always one that I could go to um for help and even internationally I suppose Shelly Ann Fraser from um, Jamaica growing up like I, I remember her winning Beijing Olympics in 20 or 2008 um, she was always one that I like looked at and um, really admired and just that her bubbly personality and different things like that but I actually raced her in 2018 in the London Diamond League um, so that certainly was an exciting one to see her in the flesh um, as well and it's been the same race as well oh great stuff uh next question so from james hindicott he goes can you ask phil how her mentality has been impacted by corona training wise he said she's clearly come out of it well maybe we can all learn how so i suppose with the corona going on how has that impacted your mentality in terms of training and how have you kept going yeah so at the moment and even say from september onwards for me i had the elite exemptions which i was very fortunate to have so for me it was kind of normal as such in terms of training. Like I was able to train at the track. I was able to train at the gym. So it was just normal day-to-day -day routine for me. Um, there was a bit of change. Say on Sunday, we wouldn't have access to the track. So we used um, an Astro pitch in uh, WIT Arena instead. So that was a change of environment for me for a Sunday session, but something that I just had to, to get over because I had no other choice. There was no track open on a Sunday um, compared to pre-COVID. It would have been open every um Sunday um but yeah so once I had the exemptions it definitely became easier say if you rewind to this time last year I would have it was the time where I had moved to Curraclough I was in isolation training on the beach that was a lot harder because it was a different environment there was still so much unknown at that point Olympics hadn't been cancelled so I was seeing other athletes in other countries training away in their normal normal facilities and we had nothing here so um that was definitely tough for even during the summer Shane pulled back the intensity intentionally but as the athlete you're always like trying to push things on and I'm like no Shane this isn't good enough this is not where I should be and um, even though he had a plan in place to like pull me back because we had an intense year year after year and um, it was the perfect timing for it when um, things didn't count so I definitely have a good team around me um, with Shane and like um, between physio, sports psychologists and everyone is there to, um, to help me through it. But you just have to focus on what you can do day to day, to be honest, and like away from sport. 
it certainly is challenging because I can't come home as often and there's so much risk involved with it even say my housemates they don't go home they make the sacrifices as well um just because of mixing and just not seeing friends and different things like that that's what I find hard but um I'm lucky to be able to uh, keep the training going as such and uh, the competitions as well the next question is from Martin. He says, do you, do you have any downtime from training and how do you unwind? So at the moment, like it is, everything is based in Waterford and because I have to be careful of where I'm going and stuff like that, like a lot of the downtime is, say, with the, the lads in the house and just like watching Netflix or different things like that, whereas before it would have been meeting friends, coming back home. So um, as such, that has changed now. Um, and pre-COVID, it certainly will be meeting friends and even just like more in the training group that we could spread out um, and go for like meals and coffee and uh, go to the beach and different things like that. So uh, that certainly has all changed. But look, we can't control that and we just have to I have to be very careful and keep my bubble as tight as possible um to for the safety of everyone not just me Neil Grant from the Celtic Ross Hotel has, has chipped up with a question as well he says there came a point when Phil had to commit to sport as her career how hard and ner- nerve-wracking was that decision and did her family support her immediately did they prefer she chose a safer career like it is it certainly is a hard decision and like anyone it's hard enough deciding what you want to do after leaving cert not a mind changing halfway through because you know the cost of it alone um like how easy is the move to to make into a new course you have to start from scratch and different things like that and like I had gone three years in the nursing and it was taking its toll in terms of training and different things like that like 13 hour shifts back to back on the ward night shifts like training without the window you know as such um and I didn't make this decision purely for sport like I absolutely love the nursing and have a great group of friends still from it um I was looking at like when I'm 35 40 is it something that I would stay in forever probably not um so why not make the move when I was 20 21 um yes it certainly was hard and weighing up is it the right move and I moved into the computer side of things and then I'm like will I be able for that will I not be able for that um and you know like even now like someone asks you what will you be like you have a degree and like say if you're doing teaching you are a teacher at the end of it like I'm doing a degree in IT so I could be absolutely anything in the IT world like so um, um it's just again finding what you enjoy and I have found like I certainly enjoy the data analytics side and things like that and um try to be an ambassador in that IT side as well for women in IT but um no, it was a hard one at the day at the time but I certainly reaped the benefits of making that um decision and uh, not looking back with regrets of like you have one shot at sport and I gave myself that one shot. Emma Connolly who is the lifestyle editor with the Southern Star wants me to ask you this question Phil do you use fake tan when competing if so what brand? <laughs> no I don't because um that is just far too much effort for me now um no so anytime we go abroad like I absolutely love the sun so it's all natural like you'll never find me wearing um fake tan because between sweating it off and getting it all over my clothes or trying to get a streak free so sorry Emma I have no uh no um uh tips for you there on that one with the with the brands this is a question you were asked as well Phil on the awards on on Sunday night but do you prefer to be known as the Bellinine bullet or the Bandon bullet to me like I represent um Bandon AC on the national level and international level so that's definitely where the Bandon side comes from but like growing up in Ballonine like all my life going to school there um, it's where I'm from so it's certainly uh, great to represent the village um, as well and be associated with Ballonine because like yes I went to secondary school in Bandon I compete for Bandon but I don't live in Bandon so uh, for me it's uh, the Ballonine bullet all the way but sometimes they get mixed up so uh, I'll take either. We got a question too from Glengariff GA Club and they said ask Phil whether she's enjoying the 400 metres or the 200 metres more at the moment and whether she sees herself moving back down to the 100 metres where you hold the national record. So in terms of the 100 I think it'll be more for changing things up and having a bit of fun it certainly won't be a main focus at any point point. Um, in terms of indoors I certainly enjoy at 200 metres indoors and I wish they would bring it back into um, a major championship they had it there years ago um, but they took it out because of unfair advantages and stuff with lanes but um, 
right now as we go into in outdoor season. Um, the 200 will definitely be the focus. Um, and I would enjoy 400 meters indoors, maybe more than 400 meters outdoors. But look, each has their own challenge and each is a different event. So um, it's good to have the options to, to change it up and uh, not be cracking over one if it's uh, not going to plan. The next question is from Conor McCann, and he wants to know what changes were made to your training regime to step up from 200 metres to 400 metres, and were there less emphasis on pure speed work and more on strength and speed endurance? So, like, from every athlete is different, and, like, I even look at athletes that were in the training group, and if they're training for fours or training for twos, they could be doing something completely different for me. So, for me, even if I'm training for twos, I need to train as a 400 meter athlete. That's just what works for me. So um, for me, when I was stepping up from the two to the four, there was an awful lot more of um, 500 meters, 600 meter reps. Um, and that's what I need to do. I need to cover the distance where another athlete may not necessarily need to do that. But um, Shane takes care of all of that. And I do know my own training inside out as well to an element. And I'm like, Shane, this needs to be added in there now. And this needs to... Um, Coming in at another point, but um, bike would be a big element of ours as well. And because of the 400 side of things, um, he Shane takes care of all of that. And like for me, is basically just turned up to the track. Um, he certainly would ask for input of like, what do you think should go here sometimes, or what do you think should go there? And um, so for me, I'm learning along the way as as well. Um, but in terms of speed, again. Pure speed never worked for me. Again, it works for another athlete. I get the speed out in longer reps. Um, like I could be doing like 80s, 120s, and I get more of a, a high speed in that in comparison to doing like 20 meter flies. But again, that's just what works for me. My better half wants to ask you, what is your go-to food after an event when you know you can eat whatever you want? Oh, it's definitely like for the last few times now, it has been pizza. Um, so definitely pizza. And then in terms of treats, it's ice cream um, or like crisps and chocolate. Yeah, they'll be the ones. What's your thoughts on pineapple and pizzas? Oh, 100%. And I know it's controversial, but it's always on pineapple. Pineapple is always on my pizza. <laughs> Another question here, Phil, is with the amount of experience and knowledge that you have in the sport, do you ever see yourself coaching at this level? Like coaching is such a tough job and like it's so admirable to everyone that gives up their time because like like you see other sports and like you then see Shane and like he's a professional coach but he's a it's a hobby as such because he's not paid to do it and then he could go into another sport and he's paid full-time or you look at a different country and he would be a full-time paid coach so it's a massive sacrifice in terms of like your daily life and family life and different things like that so I I don't know what I'd be a coach what I have like I definitely have the eye for some of the things and I will be pointing out but what I have the patience is another story for um waiting for people to to click on but no like you have to have massive admiration for anyone that gives up their time in any sport um for, on a voluntary level um and competing at the highest um level within their sport as well a second question from Martin Walsh here is in terms of diet what are the absolute no-no's so for me, it's just like a lot of it is around timing. So like I just have to look at the the demands of the session. So like I don't need to be eating like bowls and bowls of pasta for like a session the day after that isn't like demanding. So I just have to look at the demands of the session and around timing, fueling correctly. Um, that is the one for me. But then you just have to be careful with around like all the sweet treats and stuff like that. And I see the lads and they are eating packets of biscuits and stuff like that, uh, blowing my house and they can just burn it off quicker than me. So uh, for me, I just have to be careful on that side of things. we got a lovely question from Paddy Duggan. Paddy Duggan, he said, love to hear the amazing Phil on the influence of the home, her parents and family on supporting her from a little girl to an international athlete. The sowing of the seed in the sport that led to her excelling mom, dad, her family, their encouragement. Let's hear more. So I think what Paddy wants to know, I suppose, is about that support that you got at home to help you along your journey. A hundred percent. And like Joan would have led the way and like she was the, the quick one and she was known as the runner always. And um, so I was more following suit with her when she was um, 
it was actually Johnny Caulfield and his wife Grania that encouraged Joan to um, join the athletic club after community games were set up here in um, the parish. So I just followed suit and kept her company and I was doing the camogie and the football and all that um, along the way. So like we always had the support in terms of driving us here, there and everywhere for training, competitions, flying abroad, like um, no matter what it was in terms of like physio, everything, like there was never um, no stone unturned in that point of view. And um, it was it, like it definitely was hard as I went through the the levels, because like even Joan went to college in Cork, I went to college in Cork, my brother went to college in Cork and like moving away then to Waterford is like it's a big move as such. So like I probably led the way in that kind of regard where I wouldn't be home as often so that certainly was more challenging and um, for everyone at home whereas like when mom is up in Cork or whatever she can just call into us so it did change in that regard but they know what it takes they know the sacrifice that is required so it certainly was supported and um, accepted but um, it is hard for any family um, when you are away so often and like even mom was asking me when am I going to be back again like I have no clue like I literally don't because of um restrictions and safety and like travel and different things like that and I can't be putting them at risk either from um wherever I'm coming from so like it is hard but um it is well supported always we're down to the last two questions now Phil and the next one is do you see yourself going for another Olympic cycle and do you think you will continue to base yourself in Waterford so I'm 26 now Um, the next one will be in 2024 so it's going to be a three-year cycle instead of four-year cycle and there's because of all the postponements of major championships, it's literally bang, bang with major championship after major championship. And there's three of them in some years and there's two in other years. So I definitely do see 2024. Um, and like, I'm definitely only coming into the, the peak years of my career now and exploring even like the, the 400 more and pushing things out there. So um, yeah, I definitely do see see you going longer and it certainly won't be ending anytime soon and in terms of Waterford like it is where my uh my training group is based is where Shane is based like I've done my time in Cork and like it is really hard without a coach or training partners and that is the the missing piece of the puzzle so um I certainly will have to stay in Waterford um definitely over the for over the next few years but like when you're working from championship to championship the time flies by um so like it will be over before you know it and like when you have when you're fit and healthy to do it why not keep going and uh, there's plenty of time for working at the end of the day and the final question is for me again um you've two younger brothers Dermot and Padraig so what do they think about their big sister being the fastest woman in Ireland and does it mean when you eventually do get home the Balanine that you can get away at murder and put the feet up and rest <laughs> I try to as much as possible but you know like when you when you just walk in the door like to me it's just like it's normal and like I certainly would be a messer with the two of them and like the two of them together are just like are comical so there is an awful lot of messing that does go on and we'd be driving ma'am up the walls with the messing but um like even when they were in school they were like oh, the teachers would be saying oh your sister your sister this and they were like oh just go away from me with that you know um so or even like my brother um works in the village and he'd have them all coming into him um commenting on it but um no they're they certainly um enjoy it and they know what it takes but like even Padraig he's the youngest and he's doing his leaving certain like there's certainly an athlete in him like he under 12s I remember he won um community games all Ireland and he didn't even train or anything so hopefully uh in time we might take him from the GA and uh convert him into an athlete Oh, good stuff, Phil. No, I really, really enjoyed that Q&A with you. And I suppose if, before you finish up, just a hat tip to, to your to your mom, who played a, a key role over the last couple of days because we had her on side to help us with the announcement of the, the Sports Star Award on Sunday night. And she kept that secret for a couple of days, fair dues to her. So how did, how did she keep that a secret from you for, for so long? I have no clue because I would be like so clued into those type of things and like even when we were setting up the zoom I was like "Mom, will you give me your laptop there because I didn't bring home my laptop and she was like oh no it's not working um it it, <laughs> it hasn't been working with the the last while and like I wouldn't be surprised with that because um mom and technology now like wouldn't go hand in hand sometimes um but she had the laptop set up in another room um so I didn't even ask any more questions about the laptop but uh no I don't know how she kept it a secret and uh, got everything working and um on time and everything but um 
yeah there was no inkling at all from my behalf that um that I was going to be the winner so she certainly had it well hidden she's a career as a secret agent ahead of her if ever she wants one so no way just congratulations again Phil you're deserving winner of the West Cork Sports Star of the Year award and best of luck over the next couple of weeks and months as you build towards a huge huge summer super Karen thanks a million Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Corsi Rovers, the county senior. Camogie champions were named the winner of the 2020 Special Achievement Award at the annual Celtic Ross West Cork Sports Star Awards on Sunday evening. Kieran, you caught up with Christine O'Neill to chat about their season last year and also their delight at winning the award. Yeah, uh, Christine is one of the, the stalwarts of Corsi Rovers Camogie. She's been playing with the club, I think, since she was seven or eight. So she's been there, she's well over over 20 years. So I suppose she, more than anyone, was so delighted when Corsi Rovers finally won their first County Senior Camogie Championship and title in 2020. And to recognise that, Corsi Rovers won the Special Achievement Award at this year's Celtic Ross uh, West Cork Sports Star Awards, which is a, a fitting honour for a team that created so much history in 2020 so um she was in great form we had a we had a we had a great chat so let's hear from her we're delighted now to be joined on the podcast by christine o'neill of coursey rovers who were honored at the celtic ross hotel west cork sports star awards last sunday night when coursey's picked up the 2020 west cork special achievement award off the back of winning the county County Senior Camogie Championship for the first time in the club's history. Um, congrats on the award, Christine. It's a really well-deserved award for Coursey's. When you consider it's almost six months on from that historic win and Coursey's success has still been recognised, what does that mean to you and everyone involved in Coursey's? Um, thanks. First of all, anyway, Karen, it's um, absolutely fantastic and a huge club. And I suppose um, 2020 being the year that it was, like when it came to celebrate the county, there wasn't much time. And uh, there also, I suppose, uh, regulations went up. Uh, we went into lockdown three pretty much straight after we won the county. So there wasn't that much time for celebrations. So receiving an award like this from the Southern Star is fantastic. And I suppose it's a lovely, it's a lovely way to honour the year and, and to honour the girls as well. It's fantastic. Before we look back at last season, we have to look at your coach's career. We're just saying off camera there, I called you a stalwart of Coursey's Camogie. Um, you've been playing with the club since you were seven. You've seen the good times, the bad times, the lean years. You've watched the club evolve. Um, did you always feel that you were working towards a day like last September when you would be crowned Cork County Senior Camogie Champions? A hundred percent. I suppose I was, I talked out for the Coursey Seniors when I was under 14. We were, you were allowed at that time to out at 14 years of age. So that's when I started my career with Corsi's um, senior team. And I always believed that, like, I was playing with, like, stalwarts that time, like, with Sarah and Rachel Maloney, you know, and they believed, like, we used to go for championship matches and there'd be tears in the dressing room, like, just that we'd win a match, you know. And, like, that belief has always been there. And, like, in the last couple of years, we've had great mentors and management come in, you know, like the likes of John Hines and Brian Hayes, like, who are constantly instilling belief that they're like that the girls are there the time will come the time will come and I suppose like being part of the group that did win the county like was kind of luck it was going to be there at some stage like I'm honoured and delighted that I was part of the setup like you know that I didn't hang up my boots this year or any other year you know that you just hang tough and hold on and wait for the young ones to come through and just like we, we've been banging on the door for a long time and for finally to get through the door was unbelievable and I'm just delighted to be a part of that you mentioned there about not hanging up the boots and coming back season after season. What, what in you made you come back season after season? If you go back to those lean years when you weren't in county league finals or county championship semi-finals and finals, what was what was your what what kept you coming back every year, Christine? I suppose you talked to anyone in courses, especially the girls, like like we just love courses and we have the best friends. Like we we really do. Like we have such a positive bunch of people. Like. It would be very, very hard to hang up the boots, you know what I mean? And like, there's this great camaraderie there, great crack, and we just keep on driving on, keep keep each other positive. Like, going to training is never a chore. Like, and this year, like, whatever Mick asked of us, like, he all he asked for, he just said honesty and effort, you know. And we were honest, and we did give in an effort. Like, and if everyone's doing that and pulling together, you know, it makes it a great thing to be a part of. Like, 
as I said, like it was never a chore it's, and it never is and it's never a chore. And then when it does become a chore, maybe then it is time to uh, put the boots away. But it's not at the moment. And I just love going down and playing with the girls and being the best that we can be, I suppose. And I suppose it helps too. When you have days like 2017, when Corsi's won the County Senior Camogie League, I think that was your first senior adult title. That seems like it was a very important stepping stone on this journey you've been on the last couple of years. It was. And you know what? It was kind of um, a realisation. It was like, Mick always says about dining at the top table, you know, and like, and we are dining at the top table and we were above there and like, you know, it's time to, to bring back a bit of silverware. And like 2017, that was history in the making. Like we celebrated that like we had, and we hadn't, we had no silverware at senior level, you know, and we did celebrate it and we still talk about it. We had great, great crack, like, you know, but then the following year, like we came up short and 2019, we came up short and then finally, we got over the line in 2020, you know. You mentioned 2018, and that was the first year courses got to the County Senior Camogie Championship final in Escarra were too good for you on the day. And I know I've I've talked to Sinead O'Reilly and Karen Cahan before about this. And it was it was almost like you were the rabbit cotton headlights that day because it was all new to you, the trappings of, of a county senior final. But you learned so much from that experience, Christine, and you put that to great use in 2020. So that 2018 county final, it didn't work out the way courses wanted. But it was very, very important for this course's team in your in your evolution towards becoming county champions. Absolutely. Like I remember being involved in Castle Road in 2018 when, when the ball was thrown in. And as you said, like rabbit cotton headlights, like there was ball going under our legs, it was going under our arms. Like we and, and like you know, when you're on the big stage, like if someone gets stage fright, like that's bad. But if like nearly the starting 15 are all just there looking at each other like we didn't know what to do with the occasion you know and we took an awful lot from it and like Toggy out in 2020 to get out to play them we couldn't wait we we knew it like we we knew before we we knew we we're going we're, we're going to win we're better than them you know what I mean we we knew that and we had that belief and that came from management and I suppose it came from our within our own camp all the time the girls pushing each other on like but we knew this time we had them you know and it was just a matter of going out and and playing and putting up the scores and and finishing out the match, you know, we had it. What do you feel was different so in 2020? How would you, or why do you think all the pieces of the jigsaw came together for courses and that you finally won your first ever County Senior Camogie Championship? Um, well, I suppose, as I said, like, this is a long time coming and, like, there's people been putting in pieces in the jigsaw the whole time, you know, and I think, like, we just had the, I suppose, the right collection of girls, um, a fantastic team that was there. We didn't have any girls playing. The inter-county girls were all at the training club, which was a huge thing for us because the year previous, we had seven gone between the intermediates and the seniors, which is a credit to our own club. But when it came to going on to club training, there was only sevens and eights sometimes, you know? So 2020, we had them all back and that brought a huge intensity, like Ashton Maloney driving it on a training, Searsha, Fiona, Linda, the whole lot of them, you know, Kira Hayes bringing it up another level. And I suppose also then, like, we had, like, Mick brought in um, Fanta and um, Mark Martin Inwright as well came in with us and uh, Joey and Kevin Hannah were with us as well, you know, and Shirley obviously was there too. So, like, we had a huge team around us and they are out and out professionals. Like, we train at 8 o'clock on Saturday mornings and they're there 20 to quarter to 8 and the same when we trained on Mondays and Thursday nights. Like, they're the first to arrive and the last to leave and they're never in a rush anywhere, you know. And, like, we had girls, like, this year, obviously, we didn't have any weddings or nobody was going abroad or anything like that. So the commitment was was there. Like, we had girls coming after doing eight-hour, 12-hour shifts inside the hospitals coming down to training. And it wasn't as if, like, whoa, well done, you're at training. You know, it was just taken as part. But I said, right, you're here, let's go, you know. And Martin would take them and warm them up. And it was just honesty of effort, I think, just brought it all together. And obviously, like, during lockdown one as well, like, all them Zooms that we did, like, I don't think we realised that at the time what we were doing, like, but Jesus, we were building the foundations for a massive, massive win, like. There were some silver linings to 2020. Obviously, courses winning the Senior Camogie Championship is a huge silver lining, but even smaller silver linings besides that. Um, tell me about Garrettstown Beach and how courses used Garrett, used the beach instead of the dressing room. You know, you kind of used, used to meet up there on Saturday mornings, have a cup of yeah. tea and so on. Kind of That probably brought you closer together as, as a team and even friends. Absolutely. And like we've been using Garrison for years and years, obviously, like, you know, if we had a top session there on a Thursday night, people would be like, I'm going to go for a swim. Do you want to come? You know, so it wasn't as if it was anything new. But what was new was that 
instead of calling the team inside in the dressing room, people feeling nervous, you know, or anything like that. It was like, we'll go to the beach, we'll have a fuck around. And it just so happened that every Saturday morning we were out there, the sun was shining. So there was something, I don't know, it felt very, very spiritual at the time being outside there. We were poking around, you bring your protein bars, you bring whatever, your cereal, your tea. And it was lovely, it was lovely and relaxed. And it came to the point, like, when it was, like, coming down into the quarterfinal, semifinal, the counties, we couldn't wait to go down to Gastown to find out what are the matchups, who's going to be on who. Like, it was like when you just got into your car and you're driving past Gastown and you just felt relaxed, like, knowing that, like, the job was done, like, the talking was done. And it was done in a very, very relaxed manner. There was no tears, there was no shouting or roaring, saying, you must do this, you must do that. It was very cool, calm and relaxed. And like, we're all very proud that we're from courses, of course. And to be able to call out a team on the beautiful Garstown Beach at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, like happy days, you know. Like you said, there are all the pieces of the jigsaw fell into place last year. So let's go back to the county final day against Inescara. Closing minutes, I think you're up 5-12 to 1-12. When did you start to realise, we have this, we have this? Uh, I don't know, I was like, the string of goals, I, I think, that went in there, like, they, they just flew in, and it was like, what, are, we're, we're, we're here, we're nearly over, we're nearly over the line, like, but I do think that day of the county final, you know, when, like, like we were down, what, is, what was it, five points at one stage, we, it took us 15 minutes to get going, and, like, in my own mind, I was like, here we go, like, are we in panic stations again, you know, but, like, fair play, like, Jacinta and Linda, like real leaders stood up and like took the game by the scruff of the neck. Like, you know, Lorraine Collins there, like she has had a, just an unbelievable county final and it was absolutely class. And it's a credit to her. Like she is, she just bossed it like the day of the county final and it was a great day. But like I came off the last 15 minutes and I was on the side, like up the walls. <laughs> I was, are we going to do it? Like I couldn't believe it. When the final whistle went, I ran straight down into the goal nearly took Sinead O'Reilly out of it and just started hugging her and like we couldn't talk and we'd be the two biggest chatterboxes around but there was no words it was just unbelievable You've obviously dreamt about winning the county senior camogie um, title before did it live up to your expectations when it finally did, did, did come true? I, unbelievable and again like you know the silver linings of 2020 like we couldn't have normal celebrations you know like we left um, we left Castle Road, Arts and Jerseys, like you know, and we were we were heading for courses, and we we met at the bridge in Kinsale, and we brought the cup over the bridge. We were just hanging out of of windows, blowing horns, but that's all we could do. And seeing all the people outside their houses just waving for us was unbelievable. Like we went down to Barrels Cross, and people were there, and they're two meters apart with their families with flags. Like my, my, I hadn't seen one of my sisters; she couldn't go to the match. Obviously, she didn't have tickets, and. She was bawling and I was bawling and everybody, you know, it was just such a happy, happy occasion. And we danced at the crossroads in Barrels Cross. We did the same below the Grotto on Balnadee. It was just amazing. And like everybody was out in the fresh air and we were haunted that it was good weather and it was just bonfires. It was better than being up on any lorry, you know, and like people like dream of the nights when you win the county. But like ours was a really, really, really special one for our community anyway. And you were so deserving of the West Cork Sports Star Special Achievement Award. And looking ahead, so to 2021, Corsi Rovers are top of the charts. You're the team that everyone else wants to knock off the perch. Are you, are you ready for the challenge that lies ahead? Yeah, we're ready for it. Like Shirley, Shirley Maloney says, we have, a, we have our mark on our backs now, you know. So, like, we're setting the standards for ourselves. And, like, we're driving on. And, like, we, as I said, like, we just really enjoy playing the game. And, we're like, the lads set the standards for us at training. Like, and we're more than happy to to meet them as best we can, you know, and roll on 2021 and hopefully it'll bring something positive. In one way, so Christine, is, is the monkey off the back? So like the, that pressure of not winning a county senior championship, you put that to bed now, like you've won your county championship, you've won the county senior title. So now you want to put back to back, like that must be the next target now. So you must be relishing the chance to get back on the field again. I suppose we can't wait. Like, you know, 2020 was a short, compact season, which which suited us. Like, we, we had a championship match early every Sunday. Like, it was brilliant, you know. So if the same thing come again, came again, you'd nearly take it. Like, if you knew you were going to be playing championship after championship after championship. And, yeah, I too think, I think, like, people blowing courses are standing that bit taller, you know. We're, we're very proud after what we've accomplished, you know. And I don't think we want to stop here, you know. Um, like, winning a county behind closed doors, fantastic. But, like... You kind of want to do it in real style as well, you know. 
I know there's a huge year for courses ahead. And I'm going to finish up, Christine, with a very unusual question because this Star Sport podcast, we asked the tough questions and we had you on the West Cork Minute last year. And one of the questions we asked you was, what question would you like to have been asked in this interview? So now I'm going to ask you that question here now because you can answer it. So the question Christine wanted to be asked was, would you rather have fingers for toes or toes for fingers? And I think that's a question everyone's answered. So how would you say, Christine? Oh my God. I think um, fingers for toes because I couldn't be looking at the toes on my fingers. They would just freak me out. I don't really like feet. So I think I'd go with fingers for toes instead of toes for fingers. As usual, the Star Sport Podcast with all the exclusives. So, Christine, thank you so, so much for joining us here. Congratulations again thank on winning you. the Special Achievement Award and best of luck for the season ahead. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, other Star Legends. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And, of course, before we wrap up, we always like to take a look at what's coming up in this Thursday's Southern Star Sports section. And, Kieran, I guess... There'll be a lot of the fallout from the news that Paul and Finton have been chosen in the lightweight double and also coverage from the awards. Yeah, we're going to have plenty of coverage of the, the West Cork Sports Star Awards in this week's paper. So it's well worth picking up as a souvenir for all of the award winners, their family, their friends and so on. So that's worth checking out. We also have the news that Keen Hurley is the latest West Cork man to line out for Munster. He's a declining guilty player who made his debut against Binetton last Friday night. So the the West Cork rugby conveyor belt is really in overdrive in it. It shows in our with that 16-page rugby special last week that it's was shouted from the rooftops that West Cork is a is a hotbed for rugby talent. So it was very timely of Keen Hurley to make his debut on Friday night to coincide. But not with quite our, not quite timely enough from some of our uh our social media followers here yeah I, I, as good as we are and i think i said it on social media I, I i can't predict the news because keen hurley was announced in the the monster team on thursday and by that stage the star was already on sale yet some people have took to twitter to ask me why keen hurley's news wasn't in our sports special so i apologize for not being psychic but um there'll be plenty of keen hurley in this week's southern star for everyone so that's well worth checking out we also have an interview with, with charlie Lyons. he's the inner shannon soccer star who plays with cove ramblers and Cove kick off their first division campaign with a tasty derby against Ronan Hurley's Cork City this Friday night. So it's a good interview by John O'Shea with um, with, with Charlie Lyons. So we've loads going on in the Southern Star as usual. So well worth picking up this Thursday. Yeah, as Kieran mentioned, it will be available in shops across West Cork and across the world if you want to pick up a copy online because you can actually access to Southern Star. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before. On our website, just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone for as little, no, for less even, less than two euro per week. So an absolute bargain for some of the best sports writing in the country. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast. And you can do oh. that from, sorry, Jack. Sorry, you could do that from the comfort of your own sitting room. You don't have to get off your arse and you can you can you can read the Southern Star Sports section, which is ingenious. Yeah, if you're spending time scrolling on your phone anyway, why not scroll through sixteen pages of brilliant West Cork Sport or however many pages are in the sports section this week. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time. Oh no, I, I always make this mistake when we have a second podcast coming out this week because I just read straight from the script like Ron Burgundy. I'll read whatever is on the teleprompter. But there is another podcast coming this week. We're going to chat to three members of the West Cork Ladies after they were named Team of the Year at the Sports Award. So keep an eye out for that. Probably on Wednesday, I'd imagine, we'll get that one out. So keep your eyes peeled if you enjoy these shows we'll finally wrap up please make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever you get your podcasts slán tamu